BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome back to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on through the door. Drop your shoes at the door and, uh, you know, put your coat wherever you like it. Coat rack on the table. But come on into the living room here today, man, sitting by the fireside. Somebody I am thrilled to be welcoming into the house today. Uh, I told him off the air and I'll say it here publicly. Easily one of my favorite, if not my favorite writer in the pro wrestling space at the moment. His name's Cameron Hawkins. You may know him from his uh, lively Twitter space as Seahawk. Uh, I want to call you Cam. Cam. Thank you so much for coming into House of Wrestling here today. No, thanks for having me, man. I'm a like I'm a big fan the other way. So this is great. This is this is really cool. Um, I, I, I said when we were like promo and like the things that they say we don't do, you do. And I don't think you get enough credit for it. It makes me laugh every time because Twitter is Twitter Twitters and, and they they swear they want a certain thing. And even when they get it, they, they don't appreciate it. So, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Give flowers when you can, because it is an interesting time for pro wrestling. We'll call it journalism, content creation, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's a weird mess is what it is right now. But in that space, there's a lot of voices, right? And it is really hard to earn the respect of your peers. And if you can get your peers and, your, and the fans at the same time, man, that's really a, a kind of a, a low-key hat trick. And you've I've done that a little bit. That's got my detractors, that's for sure. But you... You are bulletproof, my friend. You do such good work. I swear, nobody seems to talk poorly about you. The the stuff at the Ringer, man, the way you are able to get talent to give you their uh, time and just get them to be so open, man. It is just really wonderful. It's resulted in truly some of the best work in the space here in the past uh, year, at least. I think um, what really happened was even before I was like with the Ringer specifically, I was at, you know, shows and events and things like that. And it was really just in 2023, I think I look more like the talent. I think I relate more to the talent. I talk about the things, experience the things that the talent does. And so they don't feel like they're jumping out of themselves to talk to media. They feel like they're talking to somebody who they know. They feel like right. they're talking to a friend. And even when it translates to the writing, 
Um, I don't think I take advantage of anybody. I don't think I say, you know, things that they wouldn't say. And even in like some of the, the conversations, and I know you can attest to this, um, knowing how you go about getting your content. Sure. Um, a lot of times there is WWE or AEW media on the call. And so if something is said that maybe shouldn't be said, they double back like, hey, you can't talk about that specifically or we need that cut out. And it's never a problem because I'm not like, fishing for scoops i'm i'm talking about the person and so it's not an issue so yeah it, it's really been um i don't think there's a lot of people in the space that we do and people do great work right people do great work yes. but there's not a whole lot of people who and wade keller taught me this years ago one of my mm -hmm. mentors you got to be able to be in the bar with a wrestler and just kick it it doesn't mean drink them under the table but you should be comfortable in their environment and I think I've always been that. So it makes it easy for me to talk to them than talk about them. That is a great point. And I'm actually going to follow up on that point here in just a second. But I got to point out here before we go any further, if you're watching us right now in video form, you're watching us because you are watching the premier streaming network where Tuesday and Thursday, noon Eastern, you can see the latest episode of House of Wrestling, me, people like Seahawk, uh, Meltzer's been around, Wade Keller, someone with just a name dropped here. Everybody drops in the house. Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, right here, Premier Streaming Network. Sign up for Premier Plus. And, of course, uh, shortly after we uh, show the uh, video version of the show here on Premier Noon Eastern, Tuesday, Thursday, audio goes up on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. We'll do back to the intro stuff here in a second, but I really uh, want to make sure to follow up on this conversation because you, Cam, are making such a wonderful point because I get asked now, I feel like it's like year by year, I get asked more and more questions. It's probably just because of how long I've been around. But the number one question I get is, what is your advice to become a pro wrestling journalist? And I give the same two pieces of advice to every single person who asked me that right now. So maybe I'll never get asked it again because I'm sure you're all going to hear me say it right now. Okay. The advice is go get involved in your local independent pro wrestling scene and take an improv class. And if you do those two things, and I don't know if you've ever, has, uh, uh, Cam, have you ever taken an improv class? I have. Absolutely. Okay, I was well, a, I, I was a theater kid growing uh, up, middle school. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, okay, have you did you get involved in your local independent wrestling scene? Absolutely. Shout out to Inspire AD. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man. Okay. See, look at this side by side. Me and Cam right here. Yeah. We're telling you the same thing right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because just like you said, in order to be in that bar and be in that space. You have to be comfortable. Now, I would, you know, I'm not saying everybody needs to go become a manager or a referee. You could be setting up chairs. You could be doing tech. You could be working merchandise. There are so many ways to get involved with your local independent pro wrestling scene because at the end of the show, everybody gets up and goes to the same TGI Fridays, by and large. There are very few people that go and not want to hang out with the group. At the end of the night, it is a big hangout for everybody. It's that bar that Cam just said, and it is in that space you are going to make your best connections and learn how to talk to pro wrestlers in a way where they feel comfortable with you. Man, I got some I energy this morning. Like, I, I was spoiled, Nick. And this is an advice I give to not just people in, like, the wrestling media space, but also, like, my students who want to do journalism and writing. Um, I graduated from the prestigious University of Texas at Austin uh, back in 2008. And when I was there, the school was 1% black. That 1% includes the athletes. So like me and PJ Tucker are friends. Me and Vince Young are friends. 
me and Jamal Charles are friends. And it's not because I'm the coolest guy in the world. It's because we just had each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these people coming from environments where all they know is themselves. And so you can see them after graduation years later and y'all are still cool. So what I tell my journalism students and my writing students is this. If you are at a school with athletes and you want to write about sports, internships are great. Oh, yeah. They're fantastic. They can make connections. But you should be the person who is in class with the athletes, with the talent, so that when they make it, they look at you and know you in the room. Like, that was always my thing. Like, as great as it is to talk to, I mean, again, I, I talked to Steve Austin, right? That's the first time anybody in my family's ever texted me like, Cam, you're so cool. I'm like, yo, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> but you should talk to independent talent around you now. Because mm -hmm. they're going to be the guy or the gal. Like, mm -hmm. if you make those connections early and they're comfortable with you and they trust you to tell their story, it's going to be easy on the back end. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, you really, like you said, making those connections with your indie is super important because not everybody makes it, but somebody makes it. And they want to talk to you because they want their story told the right way. It's just yep. what it is. Like, the stuff I did with PWI, um, about high on Rachel Rose, you know, they're Houston talent. We go to Houston and we kick it with them and hang out. Cause like they're around and that made it easy for me to talk to Booker T eventually, because I put his students in a good light. Like it really is that like do the work at the grassroots and it makes the work on the top end so much easier. Absolutely. Shout out to Booker T by the way. He's amazing. He's a man. Love yeah. Booker T. Um, and on that note, Obviously, the glaring example of this in my case is I've been around the Chicago independent scene for north of a decade now. So, of course, I'm the guy covering CM Punk and Colt Cabana, right? You are the guy. <laughs> right? You're the guy. Right? I yeah. mean, it, that 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 proceeds. I mean, while well, I was doing wrestling stuff about the same time I was doing all the, the improv stuff with those guys. But that's the thing is like, you know, you you just you just go. You just talk to people. You get to know the business. You have no idea where this thing's going to take you. You got to just get you. If this is what you want to do, you just got to be ready to go for the ride and just make as wide a, a berth of connections as you can and get good at talking to people. The second part of this, the improv part of this, the reason I say go take an improv class is you will learn to listen to people. If you've never taken an improv class, I will tell you right now, you are not listening correctly. You are not listening to people correctly. You are not uh, heightening conversations. And it's like in, in improv, the, you know, you hear yes and where it's like, hey, Cam, let's go rob a bank. And then you would say. I would say. Yes. And I already robbed it. Oh, here's well, the money. Okay. <laughs> here's so the money. And not throw real, money bags at you. OK, anyway, sorry, you, did, you didn't teach. All right, fine. I'd have played with that. Oh, we already robbed the bank. But that's uh, never mind. He <laughs> negated my initiation there. I say, let's go rob a bank. Cam goes, yes. And I've got this big funny tank we can do it in and now we're in a tank together and we're rob we're robbing the bank together you didn't already rob the fucking bank cam okay anyway sorry Ugh. and so what you do in a good conversation is you hear something and it's not like oh we're building to like a big funny moment a scene you hear something you say well let's let's go down that rabbit hole let you're interested in talking about this i came in with this idea of where i thought this the scene might be going this conversation might be going but this person because of something i heard 
man, I'm way more interested in that. And the be- I don't know about you, but the best work, the best stuff I always get, the best stories I get are usually things I did not walk into a conversation expecting to talk about and are something I heard in the conversation and was like, man, this is something I should follow up on and throw what I think I'm supposed to be having a conversation about out the window right now. Absolutely. I, I think that what, what the biggest compliment that I've received is I love your interview style. Mm-hmm. And my interview style is just kicking it. Like it really is just kicking it. Like I, I went in to talk to Steve Austin about chemistry and it was about chemistry with talent, chemistry with people. And it kind of flipped. It really did on. He's like, yo, I, I don't know if I can really explain why I have good chemistry with people outside of me having to survive. And that flipped into, okay, let's talk about specific people and how you feel about them. Like when we were doing the WrestleMania media, um, Braun Strowman and Ricochet were together. Braun Strowman has me blocked on Twitter and we have a, a, a philosophical difference on independent workers. Cool. Right. Braun Strowman also really wanted to go to a party we were having that night. And so regardless of our disagreement, it was like, yo, went up to Braun Strowman. And you've seen Braun Strowman. He's huge, right? Big man. Are, are we allowed to curse on this show? Because I won't. I just can. did. So, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Braun Strowman has this video of him at a black barbershop rapping Biggie. And, you know, white people, they, they all say, you know, I'm going to rap Biggie and Tupac. How cool am I? Right. Whatever. I went up to Braun Strowman. I was like, hey, if you come to the party tonight, don't bring that Biggie bullshit in there. You better know something from the last 10 years. And instantly we were rocking instantly. Right. Um, <laughs> it was just like, oh, it was cool. And he came to the party and we rocked like it was it was cool. And Ricochet was there with him. I apologize to Ricochet for thinking that his car was an Uber one night in San Antonio. Um, And he was super frustrated because he was like, it was the middle of the night. He's with his mom. He's with Samantha. He don't want to talk to nobody. But we rocked because, again, like like you said, you have to be able to build conversation off of something natural. And, and yeah, it's really that. Even people that I may feel differently about the world about, the job that we do, Nick, is not to convince people that they're wrong it's to explain and express people to the world that's what we do we want you to know what's happening with wwe with aew we want you to understand the talent and have a better understanding of them so that when you see them on screen it translates why they're doing the thing that they do so me Mm -hmm. and Braun Strowman do not need to be best friends but we need to have an understanding um and our understanding was great and hey we had a good time. We rocked. We joked. We laughed. And he's going to go about his life. I'm going to go about mine. And, and we'll both like enjoy our experience. It can just I'll, be that. I'll throw my last little bit into this opening and then we'll get to the news here in just a second. You know, I, I kind of to piggyback what off of you, you just said there. I uh, when I was taking video classes in college at Loyola, Chicago. Shout out to Loyola, drop, Chicago. Name drop. Uh, I wish I'd have finished. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was taught. The, the mostly about documentary style filmmaking and the ability to kind of make yourself the fly on the wall and not get involved with what it is that you're watching. Like you see this baby gazelle and you see the, the lion over there and you're like, oh, my God, that's a beautiful little gazelle. But your job is not there to save the gazelle. Your job is there to present nature. And so you have to capture this lion and all its goriness devouring this baby gazelle. Right. And that is what a, a good documentary filmmaker does. But that's very hard line, right? Then you go look at people like Morgan Spurlock, right? Or uh, uh, Michael Moore, 
who can't help but get involved with the subject that they're talking about, right? They have to get in there and be a part of it and help to tell that story as part of the story in a way. And I feel like I'm more of that way, you know, where it's really, I'm not saying I won't sit by and watch that lion eat that gazelle because I was in that room. I was, I saw the lion eat the gazelle at all out. Okay. I let it happen. I didn't stop it. Okay. But, uh, I, I like to I like to help tell stories by being a part of it more in that style. And I don't know if that resonates. And I, I will yeah. we'll, we'll talk news here in just one more moment, but I'll give you the last word on this. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I think one issue I ran into, there are absolutely detractors who look at it and say, you're, you're trying to make yourself a part of the show. And I'm like, nah, I'm trying to kick it. Like, because me kicking it makes them more comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. I, I think what, what I love about you, Nick, is, is that, Again, the thing that Twitter says that we don't do, they're like, you don't ask the hard questions and you don't want to know about blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, my audience, my specific audience is not concerned with the hard questions. They want to know about people. Nick, I think that you do a great job of asking the hard questions. And then like we're at the WrestleMania press conference and they give you the first question and you get a non-answer. And I'm like, guys, like Nick's doing the thing that you want to do He's proving why we don't all need to do it. It's a one and done. Like, 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 Nick, you run the ball on first down. Sometimes oh, you get three, sometimes you get 20. But you run the ball mm -hmm. on first down. And in a lot of cases, you determine our next play. And I love that because that's how it should be. But, yeah, I, I, you'll never make those people happy. So I encourage everybody. Like, Nick goes about it away. Cam goes about it away. Do it the way that you want to do it and the way your boss wants you to do it because that's what's going to make you happy. Do not worry about impressing these people with cartoon abbeys. You can't. Yeah, yeah just do the good work. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, just before we get to the news real quick, uh, man, uh, what an opening salvo that was. That was maybe one of my favorite openers ever in the history of the show. Watch the uh, Premier Streaming Network and, of course, go to houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com. Uh, I write uh, five to seven days a week. Uh, all the news we talk about on this show, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, uh, is stuff I've written about on the site. So if you enjoy this conversation, I'm giving you a little bit more color on stuff that I've already tried to sit down and take the time to, to explain to you all in written form throughout the week. So you'll please support uh, HouseOfWrestling.com and, of course, the House Wrestling podcast feed. Big interviews like my Inside the Ropes interview with Blue Meanie that just dropped over there yesterday. And I got an even bigger surprise interview to close the week tomorrow. It's not going to go up first thing because I'm, I'm doing it early tomorrow morning. But shortly after it's done, I'll put it up on the feed, have some highlights on the site, and we'll get to it. All right. Here's the news. Finally, I'm sure you've all been begging for it after that very boring opening salvo about the state of pro wrestling media. That was fascinating. I loved it. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, all right. Sadly, we'll start with some bad news. Yesterday at the age of 81, the pro wrestling world lost the Iron Sheik. Um, I'll, I'll kick it to you, Cameron. What is what is your reaction uh, to the passing of Sheik yesterday? Well, first off, I mean, you love somebody living to 81. Right. Like, we're not all guaranteed that. I, I struggle with the idea of sad losses when somebody's lived such a long life. Um, I try not to convey that because again, like social media is not a space where you can say you're less saddened by somebody's passing without the nuance because they will take it away. Um, I would love to live to 81. Um, you know, I, I, I am from a certain lineage that doesn't always suggest that. And so that would be beautiful. Um, Iron Sheik is absolutely a, a gem of yesteryear. 
you know um some of the earliest memories i have of wrestling involve him and you know what an amazing life um you know i i i believe and you can correct me. I believe that his social media was handled by somebody else. He passed the reins to, but it was yes. always fascinating because you felt like you heard him in his voice. I, I um, think, I think that same, I don't know sure about this, but it might be the same people who run Virgil's account. <laughs> Yo, shout out to, shout out to meat sauce. Um, yeah. Meat sauce um, madness. Go download it right now. <laughs> but yeah, man, some of the earliest memories of, of wrestling. And, and again, when, we were children. We had this firm understanding of heels and faces. We wanted to cheer the good guys and boo the bad guys. He was one of the baddest. And so salute to the man. Um, again, what a long, illustrious life. Um, yeah. And and yeah. and a leap from Iran over to the United States. I mean, his story has its own documentary, if you haven't seen it, uh, called The Sheik. And, you know, the thing about Sheik that I think I'm most impressed by is how consistent he stayed relevant for so long. Yeah. It is very, very difficult to keep that kind of name value up. And I mean, for what, 40, 50 years, yeah. right? I don't know about 60, but like, I'll, like as long as I can ever remember, and even before that, Iron Sheik has been somebody very notable, legendary feuds, gave a lot to the business and will we'll definitely be missed. So Especially as a heel, like, you know, Spider-Man, um, Go see Spider-Verse if you haven't seen it. It's amazing, by the way. Okay. Um, Spider-Man has a huge rogues gallery. And, like, nobody cares about Craven. He's cool. But, you know, like, a few guys stick out, right? And so Iron Sheik being one of those heels, one of those all-time villains that really resonates with people, speaks to consistency. It, it, it speaks to a, a level of determination and a level of focus in what he presented. So yeah, rest in peace, man. What a great life. What a great career. And, and, and something that somebody that young talent could definitely learn from as well, as far as just like character and in-ring content. Cause you know, right now so many guys get out, go out there and I understand it's really a badge of honor these days to go be able to work that Will Ospreay style or whatever. <laughs> Sheik wasn't doing that. And <laughs> she made a Sheik made a lot of money. I got so three moves, baby. <laughs> I got three moves. I'm gonna punch you, I'm gonna kick you, I'm gonna put you in that camel clutch. That's all you get. Oh man, Sheiky yeah. baby. And uh last on, on Sheik, I want to say if you if you haven't seen Young Rock, he is so well portrayed in Young Rock, just a Absolutely. great character in that show. Uh all right, let's get to the wrestling of today. Last night on AEW Dynamite. Tony Khan presented his fourth week in a row of AEW collision announcements. I'll ask you first. Are you, are you enjoying, do you think he's got one more? You think we get five weeks? Tony Khan makes another announcement next week. Oh yeah. He's going to say he's pushing it back five minutes. It'll be seven Oh five PM. Just for a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, Ooh. man. Um, You know, I, I don't know. Five years ago, I would have made fun of a Saturday night, wrestling show but i'm 37 i'm probably still gonna be in the house <laughs> you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. that is what's gonna be on tv on a saturday night even if we're planning to like go somewhere that's the pregame let's let's see what what dax is doing let's see who rick's wrestling you know that's gonna be it so yeah i i do think he's gonna keep pushing it um you know we are a society shout out to the joker we're we live in a society where more of us are home on a saturday evening afternoon um so i don't think it's going to do mind-blowing numbers 
I think it'll be steady though. Like, I don't think there's so much outside stimuli now, especially after living through a pandemic, after being in a streaming era. I think it'll do fine. So yeah, we're going to get a new, we're going to get a, an announcement next week. They're going to say that the six man tag is no holds barred just to add a little bit of sauce to it. Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, well, uh, was big announcement last night. It was a fun announcement. I thought it delivered. I liked this one. Uh, you got bullet club gold, Jay white and juice Robinson teaming up with ROH TV champion, Samoa Joe to take on ring of honor tag team or not ring of honor, AEW tag team champions, FTR and CM punk. Uh, now, Fightful had been reporting how Punk had been interested in working with Joe and White. Looks like he got them both all at once. Uh, I I think this will be... I, I'm excited about the main event. I guess I'll throw in the rest of the stuff here, too, just to kind of have the more complex conversation. Uh, but Fightful also saying, Bullet Club Gold, right now just comprised of Jay White and Juice Robinson, expected to add new members imminently. Now, they had not heard that Joe, who they're tagging with, uh, had been talked about for the group. But after last night's Dynamite, it looks like the Guns could be joining up with Bullet Club Gold. And they had not been on my mind at all when I thought about potential Bullet Club members. But as soon as I saw it, I kind of loved it. I don't know how you felt about it. It works. It works. I think when when the Guns came out to Mini Men, to 50 Cent's Mini Men, it was like, okay, I see something there. I see something there. Um Who's the who's the tall one? Is the tall one Colton or Austin? Uh, the tall the tall one is Colton, I believe. The tall one's Colton. I met Colton at uh, at Wale Mania. He was cool, um, but cool in a way that like, yeah, I can see him being a Bullet Club guy. It was like, okay, yeah, you 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 got a little something to you. You got a little sauce to you. I can see that working. Um, yeah, a Bullet Club Gold being you know a purely american faction i think those guys work um there was always a joke in media about whenever they suggest like a black wrestler who can come in and they're like well who is he wrestled who is he they can't just shoot him to the top i was like yo you've never heard of uh, austin and colton gun before they got in AEW. you don't know any of their matches you don't know who trained them you know nothing but they're here so anybody can make it like you can put anybody in any position, but salute to those guys. I think they've been good. I think they, you know, they come from good stock because I think Billy's always been solid. So they're clearly athletic. I think they have a good attitude. They have a good look. I think, yeah, they would definitely add to that group. Um, I like Jay. Um, <laughs> Juice is hilarious to me. Ricky, I His love it. Voice. I love hey, it. Every time he talks, I'm like, what did this guy do? Suck a helium balloon backstage Yo, before he's in the ring? So, he's so funny. And I don't even think, like, it's not an act. Like, I, I've talked to no. the guy. He really talks like that. He's animated like that. I think it's great. I think that'll work. I think that one thing that helps second and third generation talent is getting in with guys who came from nothing. I think they work a bit harder. Like, I love what Simone Johnson is doing over there in NXT um, because I think that Joe Gacy is really, really good at what he does. Oh, man, him and Ali. We're going to talk NXT here in a little bit, but I loved that. Dude, I was watching that. I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. I do not mean this to come off as dismissive uh, or an insult. That is a grade A, high-quality indie main event, 2,000 seats anywhere in the country you got on Tuesday night for free in a middle of a show. So there you go. That's all I want yeah. to say. Okay. But no, man, shout, shout out to the guns, man. I, I think they've, I, I think 
I don't hold it against them like nepotism. Like nepotism is cool. Like <laughs> nepotism is cool. Nepotism. That's my headline. Seahawk. Nepotism is cool. Nepotism Wonderful. is cool. Like okay. listen, um, cool. like like everybody ain't Scott Putsky. You know what I'm saying? Like nepotism <laughs> is fine. Like sometimes it's just how it's supposed to be. You you got Randy Orton. You got The Rock. Uh, you got Carmella. Like it, it's okay when it like. I do not feel like they're really taking spots from other people. When no. you look at AEW's ecosystem, I think they're fine and 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 good for them finding something to latch onto. I think in a lot of cases, this is how you get springboarded. So yeah, I, I hope that they are in the group. I think that'll work. I think that they've earned their spot. No doubt about it. I thought they were given the tag titles at an insane time that made no sense, but whatever. Uh, I think they've earned their spot. You go back, you watch the, the Daily Center or Daily Plaza uh, shows where they're sitting ringside screaming their asses off for hours, right? Just to like add to that and show they were team players. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody just thought of him as Billy's kids. Once they got away from their dad, I thought the work with FTR and the acclaimed was fine. They still don't feel like top of the card guys to me yet, but as backdrop players as the literal, like new, new age outlaws of bullet club, fine with that, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure they've got having had their dad in the new age outlaws as part of DX, probably giving them damn fine advice about how to hold that spot down where it's like Jay's Jay is the Sean juice is the hunter. You guys are me and dog. You should find a China, right? Like I wouldn't be yeah. shocked yeah. if we get a lady in the, in the mix. It, and, and lastly, or not lastly, but the, another thing I like about this group is their actual heels that people want to boo. And that is really not, common in aew really max comes out he's still babyface everybody cheers for him so like when i think about those four and then i i see punk and ftr and then maybe joe like flips on him right uh in the match at this at the end of the six man doesn't like the chicanery he sides with punk you got punk and joe and ftr and on the other side you got these young bullet club guys the fans know who to cheer they know who to uh boo that's that's a Pretty good foundation for a Saturday night program, in my opinion. Absolutely. And again, Joe's compelling. Punk is compelling. FTR is compelling. Like, these are people that you want to watch because they are good at telling the stories. Like, they really do make you have an emotional investment. And so, yeah, I could see that. That would be fun. Absolutely. Uh, before we get to the NXT stuff, um, I want to ask, you've watched, did you watch Dynamite last night? I'm taking it. You I watched Dynamite, watch Dynamite last okay. night. What do you think of the Adam Cole MJF segment? Were you a fan of that or or not? Okay, so my man, shout out to Righteous Reg, shout out to Grapsity. <laughs> um, Reg was like, I'm tired of these MJF insert guy same promos, and I was like, Yo, let me have this. I love Adam Cole. Um, I love Adam Cole. Let me say it again. I love Adam Cole. I think that um, you know, I didn't watch ROH. I didn't watch like CZW. Adam Cole, my introduction to him was NXT Black and Gold. Okay. And I was just like, and I made a joke almost every week about, like, I was like, Adam Cole is built like a supermarket manager, but he's amazing. But everything else he does is good. And I, some people, very few people, took that as an insult. I was like, no, you have to understand. What I'm saying is the fact that Adam Cole does not have an ideal physique or size and he's so good at what he does. I believe him 
in the main event. I believe him in every match. Like I buy what he's doing because he checks off every single box other than being a D1 free safety. You know what I mean? Like he's amazing. And so one of those boxes he checks off, even though they remixed the killer cross promo, literally Max did that. Adam Cole can talk me into a building. I will buy tickets to watch him fight a guy or to watch him get fought every time. Um, I liked it because there's an homage and there's an appreciation from Max. He understands what Cole is and what Cole represents. And even when he takes a shot, it doesn't devalue Cole because, listen, Cole can gain 40 pounds or lose 40 pounds, but he's going to go in there and do it. Like, I'm not the biggest Young Bucks fan. I think what they do is... I understand there's an audience for it. I understand um, its popularity. To me, it comes across more as theater than a fight. For some reason, I don't think that Adam Cole is doing something super different than them, but I believe what Adam Cole is doing. And that's just his charisma. Like, that's just his sauce. And so him and MJF going back and forth, him telling MJF what he thinks about him, even if it's recycling what's been done with the four pillars, what's been done with Brian, what's been done with Rick, I still believe Adam Cole because Adam Cole has conviction in the things that he does. I really did like it. Okay, you like I see. I'm I'm hesitant. I gotta see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Adam was done any favors last night. The mm-hmm. the seg the segment to me was real like again my issue with max and it's like a a math equation to me like on some level my issue with max is he's too liked right if he was if he was a heel saying this everybody was booing him be one thing but i'm seeing a fair amount of people are like dude he got a sick promo man he really he fucking got him last night he tagged him dead to rights you know and that's your core audience saying that about adam cole like he didn't come across great in my opinion there I don't think he was built up in any particularly strong way unless he's going to really like either I a go over max or B really sh- do something super impressive to shake off everything max just said about him. I, I, I think there would have been more uh, creative ways to get to kind of some of the points he was making where you could have referenced things that had happened in AEW canon mm. that, that were more in storyline because once you start going down the Keith Lee, Vince McMahon, you're getting a group of the IWC talking about a whole different thing on Thursday morning that has nothing to do with the program that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the whatever a casual audience is anymore has any idea what, what you're even talking about, other than the fact that you just called out that Adam Cole is not in very good shape. So I thought it was it, not my favorite. We'll see how they re- – again, I'll wait to see how it plays out. I just thought there were other ways they could have got to some of the points Max was making without having to kind of – hit as hard as he did and go in directions that just didn't feel natural to me in that space. I don't know. I think with like with AEW, you look at the, the, the tip top of the card, right? Claudio, Max, Kenny, and really Claudio, Max, and Kenny at the very tip top of the card, who has a great, great, great physique. And Jade, of course, Jade, Jade. Hi, Jade. You look, you look fantastic. Oh, she's um, phenomenal. But, and, and I, again, like 
I think stat isn't in great shape. But what I mean is like, I don't think in that specific ecosystem that body shaming is the problem it would be in a WWE. You know, like I think that the guys that they have who and and like Moxley's in good shape. He's not in the shape he showed up in. And again, that's not a knock. It's saying I guess, that I, I guess if it was coming from Mox, maybe, but it's coming from Max, who's a freak right now. The dude well, looks like I, you know. I thought that was good. I thought that Cole flipping it, like, yo, hey, you in good shape, but that shape might be a little enhanced. I didn't hate that, but it also does lend itself to questions that like a nick hausman would ask yeah about, hey, like what are so- we like what are we like I, I didn't even want to bring it up but like what are we even doing right yeah like, that was okay i'll listen you 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 walk me down that path right. if we gotta get there if the if the other half of it is yo you in good shape but you, you might have bought that you, you might have worked on that in a way you're not supposed to work on it you, you walk me down that path nick you're right like like yeah. we can't if the if the rebuttal is something that has to be investigated, maybe the well, the impression shouldn't be shouldn't be presented. I yeah. swear to God, every other headline I was reading this morning and my feedly was Vince McMahon mentioned on AEW Dynamite. Nothing about Adam Cole. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. go to the link and you you go into it, you you find out what it's about. Hmm. Again, I just you know the thing I think that WWE is doing right at the moment is keeping the focus on their storylines and having things that happen in matches and outside the ring affect what happens in matches and outside the ring. They don't really play into these things that are going on out, outside the ring or little stories that maybe doesn't everybody know. They're they're playing on things that everybody's seen, everybody knows, everybody can relate to because it's part of the show that we've all been watching. And I, I do think that a little bit of that more in AEW world would, would benefit them when it comes to telling better stories that, that grab people. I think Max is playing an interesting game, man. That that's somebody I talk to like every now and again. And he like in the press conference, he acknowledged that social media and Twitter is only, you know, a small percentage of the actual fans. But he also does the thing where he knows exactly what to say to get those people to react. So it would be a really interesting conversation with him that I'm going to have here pretty soon oh. about uh, about how he determines how to present that, how to have that conversation. Because again, he's he and a few other guys um, are hyper aware of exactly how to present an idea to get it talked about, to get it presented. And I wonder how walking that line works for him. Like, I wonder if he took it more of a direction of, I'm only saying this for people in the building. I wonder if that would be a benefit to what he's doing. I really do. Um, All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening over at WWE World. I had no idea how long we'd gone at this point, Cam. This is what we're having a ball, man. We're flying here today. Um, All right. I'm going to read this kind of segment here all at once, and and then we can talk about it. So it's all about NXT. Um, the Observer saying that Nick Khan is the one behind uh, bringing more main roster stars like Ali, Corbin, Dana Brooke into NXT. He wants to see ratings brought up for the show uh, so that they can ask for more money and TV rights. That's very simple and an easy thing to understand. So throw some star power over there. Fightful saying that the moves for Ali and Corbin have been planned for quite some time. That is why they were left free agents after the draft. 
something a lot of people were very questioning or questionable about because in years past, people got left as free agents. They don't do anything with them. This time, they actually had a plan for these uh, individuals. That's kind of heartening. I kind of love that, Cam. Right? Yeah, man. Um, like Baron Corbin, I feel like never got his real run in NXT. I thought they called him up too early. He sure. was getting hot. Like they were really reacting to his backstage promos. Um, I remember WrestleMania in New Orleans. Um, they had the Super Show at um the convention center, and he came out and cut a promo in front of like 500 people, and it was great. I was like, yo, where's this guy? Like, where has this guy been? Um, I think that a guy like Carmelo Hayes super talent him taking an end of days or him just bumping around for baron corbin who has unbelievable not only strength but agility to make those moves work i think that's going to be great they got to get rid of that bullshit music i hate his theme song i don't want happy corbin money corbin broke corbin be baron corbin do that and don't come out in your rec league ymca outfit get that man a wrestling outfit and I don't care if you used to be an NFL lineman and you don't have 14 abs. You're a big, strong man, and people respect that. Take that shirt off. Go fight somebody. All right. I really like him. I've always liked him. Um, I think he's a truth-to-power guy. I think they just put him in a lot of positions where they want him to be a character when it's like, yo, my man is a bald head, kind of white guy who was powerful enough to be an NFL lineman with a Puerto Rican wife who likes to cook steaks. I know that guy. I'm from Texas. I know that guy. Let that guy be that guy. Um, Ali, again, Kofi Kingston, you know, who I interviewed to this day is still like, he doesn't just say I became world champion and Kofi mania happened. He acknowledges Ali got hurt. Ali got hurt. It was going to be Ali. It didn't work out. So there was, always an idea for Ali to be that man. You look at him, great looking guy, long flowing hair, used to be a cop, won't hold it against him. I think he might've been one of the good ones. He was. Um, you know, tr truth to power guy, talks about what he believes in, loves his wife, loves his family, and outside of all that stuff that don't have nothing to do with wrestling, can wrestle his ass off. Like, if you're watching this and you were tapped out of WWE, go watch him and Sid Alexander do anything, anything, anything. Yeah. And, and he, it'll he, that idea, that stigma that WWE doesn't present good wrestling, it'll be gone. They're great. So him interacting with young talent, not that Ali's not hungry, you can become stagnant in a situation where you aren't doing anything wrong where it's just ain't no food on your plate. Like, listen, we all remember Shoney's if you're of a certain age. Oh, like, listen, I love Shoney's. When you go to Shoney's for breakfast and they don't got French toast sticks. With the French, with the powdered sugar. Off. The powdered sugar. Yeah, your breakfast is thrown off. They don't have the French toast sticks. Um, NXT got sticks. I think I can say that. So I would, I'd love to see him... And mellow. I'd love to see him and Trick, who's figuring it out. Him and you know Gacy, him and Tyler Bate, him and uh uh Wes Lee. Like, I would love that because again, Ali is one of those guys where he's too good for NXT, and that makes him so good. Like Ziggler was down there for a minute, and Ziggler was wrestling his ass off because that's what he does. I can't wait to see it. Dana Brooke, like 
Dana Brooke, I don't think she's the greatest wrestler on the planet, but I tell you what, Dana Brooke showed up in them street clothes. There's something about a wrestler in fantastic shape in their own outfits that presents an aura. It really does. And they don't get to do that enough on the main roster. Dana Brooke's going to go down there and have some solid matches with some talent who are brand new because she's big and strong. If they finally let Dana Brooke be big and strong, it'll work. Just do yeah. it. Yeah, I'm getting big Mandy Rose vibes off Dana Brooke, right? Yeah. And like, I, it's a shame they didn't get to carry that over the the finish line with Mandy because after all the work she did down there, she's cooking, Nick, dude, she's cooking, dude. Like, I, we are in, in in 2023, and I understand like there's standards and practices. I, I won't talk about hypocrisy or anything like that. Mandy was in the best position she's been in. They figured out what to do with her. Yeah. Her being super hot, advanced, mean girl in a, in a ecosystem where there's nobody who can challenge her because she has the most to offer. It was so good. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. And, and like, look, think about how long she was on the main roster. Think about how many starts and stops. It was perfect. It yeah. really was. And I'd love to see her if she wants to. I'd love to see her back in wrestling because like it's so hard to recreate a Sunny, a Sable, a Maurice, like put whatever you want on that. Um, Because that stuff is so contrived and so not believable when everybody's good looking. Nobody's good looking. Like, I don't all of a sudden believe it. But again, with Mandy, like there was something special there. And not only what she presented, the in-ring stuff was better than it, it had ever been. She yes. was she was so good. And ugh, like, get your money, Mandy. I hit, I, I hit a button here with Cam today, I guess. I shouldn't have brought up Mandy. I shouldn't have brought up Mandy Rose. Well, Ali's down there. Ali never had an NXT run, by the way. He yeah. he immediately skipped NXT, went into the uh, came out of the Cruiserweight Classic, shot to 205 Live. And then was off, yeah, on his way to Elimination Chamber before Randy Orton kicked his eyeball in. Mm. So, um, real thing. So, uh, it, it's it's cool to see him in that space. Very excited about it. And this will serve multiple masters here in the sense that uh, Nick Khan is going to get what he wants. He's going to get more talent, big-name talent, drawing eyes, bringing in more money for TV rights deals. Young talent, as Cam pointed out, going to get to work with these uh, more tenured talents. They're going to get better. And all of these, uh, all these talents that are coming back to NXT – have a chance to refresh their characters. So if you want a shirtless Corbin, you want a more reinvigorated Ali, you want a Mandy Rose type Dana Brooke, that it sounds like all these talents are going to give a chance to put on a new coat of paint. And uh, on that, uh, I'll, I'll throw one more big thing out there because I can tell Cam as Bory wants to say right now, Braun Breaker took the idea of bringing main roster talent to NXT to the absolute next level at the end of NXT, explaining that he had attacked Ela Dragunov because he was tired of other talent, saying they were more intense from him. He's going to start holding people accountable from the top to the bottom and starting at the top doesn't go any bigger than this WWE world heavyweight champion Seth Rollins he called him out he said you were the first NXT champ come down here I'm most dominant you were the first let's work it out so I mean you got the Judgment Day and Finn Balor shooting for Rollins over on the main roster on Raw now you got Braun Breaker down in NXT shooting for him on Tuesday nights I think it makes the title look really important and man I didn't know what they were going to do with Braun Breaker while he's in NXT but not on the main roster, and not, I had no. I, well, that's a pretty good thing, man. This is not a bad thing for Braun Breaker right here. Hey, man, they have invested a lot into him. Like, remember when John Cena and Edge had that 
title match at Royal Rumble where Edge was the champ and John Cena came out like basically on an elevated spaceship. It's that. Like Braun Breaker was cracking NXT uh, symbols and kicking in bricks and doing all kinds of stuff with entrances. He's the guy that they that they want to be the guy. When yeah. you have a guy who I don't like the term green because I ain't never took a bump. So it's not for me to use. But a guy who's still figuring it out, you put him in there with Seth Rollins who can do every single thing, every single way. Um, I hope, 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 hope and pray that Seth eats a Braun Breaker spear because he's going to sell the shit out of it. And it's going to be great. Um, I think Braun Breaker is really, really good. I think that the NXT audience, and I mean the people in the building, um, they operate in a space where they love you, but the next guy is showing up in three months. And so they got to love the next guy. And so his time there as a baby face was only going to be so long. Um, my fear, Nick, Seth Rollins, I think is one of the very best wrestlers on the planet. I hope they don't do villain of the week with Seth Rollins in order to overcompensate with Roman Reigns not defending because I do not want the world heavyweight title to become a U.S. title or a television title. Like, I think they still need to find a way to make that important. But as far as match quality, him and Damian Priest smoked it. It was so good. Um, When he gets to Balor, they're going to smoke it. If they somehow work Dom in there. Seth's going to make it work. And I think a guy like Braun Breaker, who is not the most polished wrestler, but is the most polished athlete, they're going to get in there and go crazy. Seth is going to take those power moves. I I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. And I think the special thing about Braun Breaker, he's better looking than his dad. He's more coherent than his uncle. And that does count, right? Um, and, and shout out to Scott and Rick, man. They they were great, but there's a reason that they function great as a tag team and that there was a shelf life on what Scott did. Um, because, you know, you can only say Big Papa Pump is your hookup. Holly, if you hear me so many times, he don't listen to No Limit. That's not really what he's about. Um, but I, I think that Braun is a real world version and amalgamation of what they do. And I think that can really work on the main roster. Um, If they go out there and smoke it, he's made, man. And I think they will because Seth goes out there and smokes it with everybody. Like he got Miz out here doing no mercy moves right now. Miz is doing like crazy uh, middle rope code breakers and all that kind of shit because he's inspired. So I think that, yeah, Seth Rollins, um, not that Braun needs a fire lit under him, but it is absolutely going to elevate him. I can't wait to see it. I think it's be great. All right, lastly, we started the show with some sad news, of course, about the Iron Sheik. We'll end on some more positive health news real quick. Uh, a wrestling shoots interview caught up with Stevie Richards, one of my favorites as a kid. Uh, I had not known that he was dealing with this horrifying spinal infection. Uh, I don't usually uh, recap podcasts or do podcast quotes on the show, uh, but it is some really powerful stuff. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, I definitely recommend going uh, listening to it, uh, Stevie went through a terrifying ordeal. They they found this spinal infection after months of him not knowing why he was in so much pain. And by the time they found it, they were like, dude, this thing could shoot up to your spine, to your brain. We got to get you on antibiotics. We got to save your life right now. 
Uh, so a reminder to go to your, get a physical, check it, keep, take care of yourself, man. Just uh, happy to hear Stevie's doing well. Oh. Yeah, man. Stevie Richards. Um, you know, my, my introduction to him was early WWF stuff. Then I circled back to the ECW stuff. Um, man. great. I always remember like Stevie for being like, Elongated is a weird word, but he was like wiry, but also in good shape. Great super kick. Loved his BWO stuff. Glad he's healthy, man. Like we, like you said, go get checked. Um, I was watching John Wick 4 um, and I'm a huge Wire fan. And Lance Reddick, you know, recently passed away. You know, every ab in the world in the greatest shape of an older guy. Um, and, you know, you just never know. So, yeah, man, regardless of how fit you are, how healthy you think you are, please go get checked out because, like you said, Iron Sheik, 81, man, 81. Man. We're not all guaranteed that. If you are watching this or listening to this and you look a little bit more like me, 81 is tough, man. We, we got our own issues. So please go get checked out. Um, Do what you can to keep yourself the healthiest so that you can hopefully live to 81. Shout out to Kobe and, and Jalen Rose. There you go. All right, everybody. Well, that'll bring us to the end of the news here for today. I'll be back uh, on Tuesday and sitting here uh, talking the news with me. I'll be joined by my good friend from Big Gold Belt Media, Najir Chambers. You familiar with this year? You know my God, Big Gold Belt Media. If you were on YouTube or Twitter and you saw the New York Comic Con uh, Black Wrestling panel uh, with myself, with Kaz, with my man Chris, Oh. With um, Faye Jackson, with Lola, with Jay Rose. If you saw that on YouTube, that was Big Gold Belt Media. Oh, that was nice. my man, Najir. So that's my guy, man. Um, I love him to death. Um, love his progress. Um, my, my thing has been, Nick, I want to bring more people not only into the space, more black people into the space. I think that, you know, you've been at all the press pressers for years and years and years. Um, you know, it's kind of me. <laughs> it's kind of me. So I, I want more of us to get that look. Um, shout out to Andres Hale. Shout out to Kaz, my guys. Yeah, but, Phil, um, yeah. Reg. I mean, it has it has been it's been evolving. Yeah, I've been happy a, to see AEW it. has had more. Shout out to Grapsity. Yeah. Uh, Will Reg, my man, Phil. Uh, but oh, yeah, but WWE, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Najir is my man, and so I love the work that he does. Um, I, I love how he chronicles this thing that we do. So yeah, man. Um, wish all the good things for him. Can't wait for y'all to talk, Absolutely. dude. And what a what a powerfully positive person he is. He says such such wonderful things to me. I walk away just like so happy after I talk to him. Yeah. We had a night in Vegas. Uh, I think it was last year for Double or Nothing, and we're gonna talk about it. And he put me through my faces i had not partied in in that way in quite some time and i look for there was one moment i'm not going to explain why but i kind of blacked out and started drooling all over myself and I, it was un i couldn't yeah. stop doing it and it was all his fault so and that so sounds good. really it sounds yeah. scary it kind of was but it, we're gonna find more about yeah. it next tuesday if, if you are listen if y'all are coming to austin for the great american bash Cam is going to show you a good time. Just you wait. Just you wait. All right. <laughs> well, and if you're going to be in London, look for me. I'm going to be at Money in the Bank here July 1st, so check me out there as well. All right, Cam, what do you want to put over here to, to wrap up the show today? Um, Let's see. So um, check out my, my YouTube. Um, just search Cameron Hawkins or South Congress. Uh, check out my podcast, uh, South Congress uh, with a K. 
Um, me and Steve Austin just chopped it up for 20 minutes about his new show, about uh, past feuds and chemistry, about you know what he wants to do going forward. That was really fun. Expect that article because we actually wrote on that um, to be out sometime next week with The Ringer. Um, please check out TheRinger.com. Uh, Cameron Hawkins, me talking to a bunch of your favorite wrestlers. Um, and I'm going to work on some stuff for Forbidden Door. So please continue to monitor The Ringer. And uh, most recently, I did talk about um, On Location, who does the VIP services for WWE, for UFC, for NCAA, for the Olympics. Um, check that out on Fightful. Just search Cameron Hawkins talking about On Location's VIP services and like a full-fledged um, backstage account of what happens at WrestleMania when you pay the most money to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah, you get to walk around in the original Macho Man robe. Everybody calls that's, you Mach. That's it. Right? You you can hold, you can look at both of Roman Reigns' titles, but not touch them. It was Ooh. amazing. Oh man, <laughs> gonna pay a little bit more. Double up, man. Uh, all right, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for coming in today. It was wonderful talking with you, Cam. Please grab your shoes, grab your hat, grab your coats, whatever you brought into the door today. See yourself out. But remember, you're welcome back here anytime. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.